Edie and the Goats. What yeah. a love story. I love them. Hello, print friends, and welcome. I'm your host, Miranda Metcalf. Each week, I chat with artists who use print-based media to do something beyond the expected. This is a bilingual podcast, so if you subscribe to us, you'll be getting episodes in English with me, as well as in Spanish with Ronaldo Gil-Zambrano. Together, we speak to printmakers around the globe about their practice and passions in the world of printmaking. Hello, Print Friend is brought to you by Speedball Art Products. In 1915, Ross F. George published the first edition of the Speedball textbook, which quickly became the superlative resource for artists and letterers of all ages and skill levels. This is a great resource for the gig poster gang or for folks who want to develop their own fonts and letter forms. In celebration of the 105th year anniversary of the first edition's debut, the 25th edition of the Speedball textbook has a convenient lay-flat construction and 120 pages of examples, contributors' works, and innovative technical insight that is sure to inspire and appeal to scribes and enthusiasts across the spectrum of skills. There's a link in the show notes. My guest this week is Cami York and Edie Overturf from the Newsprint Podcast. We talk about how and why someone would want to start a printmaking podcast anyway, what it's like doing a roundup of the best print news from around the world, and how they fit their personal practices in all of this. And if you stick around to the end, you'll see we do some scheming for the future. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and prepare to get the news with Cami and Edie. Hi, Edie. Hi, Cami. How's it going? Hi. It's good. <laughs> Doing good. Did we harmonize? I think so. I think we you did. did. Look at this. You podcasting. You're in sync. You're just like <laughs> the friends who podcast together. Well, wow. thank you for joining me on Hello Print Friend. I've been really delighted to get to know you both more through the work that you do, through your own podcast, and then also be more introduced into your, your own practices through that as well. Because as we know, when you're, at least for me, when I'm just like on mic dithering, all kinds of things about myself come out that you know, <laughs> I'm sharing. Um, And so I want to make sure we get to to talk about what what you're doing with that and the motivations and also your own practices and how that sort of weaves into what you produce in the the print sphere, the print cosmos, internet world. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having us. This is like such a fun crossover. So I know we're both excited to be here and do this. Awesome. So before we get into it, would you both answer the iconic hello print friend questions which are the who you are where you are what you do yeah you want to go first Didi? sure over turf <laughs> where we are portland we're both in portland yeah neither of us are from here though and what do i do let's see i teach at mount hood community college used to teach at university of minnesota i do podcasts <laughs> One podcast, just a <laughs> and that's enough. And volunteer with groups like Radical Intersectional Printmakers Guild 
and a local goat sanctuary. I was going to say, don't forget the goats. Talk about the goats. There's a lot of my Instagram content. I mean, this that we might just derail right now. Just, <laughs> oh, that sounds so great. <laughs> Edie and the goats. What yeah. a love story. I love them. I'm Tammy. I'm currently in Edie's house in, is this your office, would you say? Office slash studio. Office slash kind of? studio, kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I was going to say I teach. Um, you, you are not. I, I mean, I kind of, I, I teach and I am the print shop tech at PNCA. And Intaglio is my true love. And mm-hmm. that's what I do. What else do I do? I don't know. I live a life. I mean, you also do the podcast. Do. Yeah. I, I have a podcast. I do leather work, all kinds of stuff. I feel like I can't keep my hands off of various crafts. So I end up doing all kinds of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then where are you both from? Where did you grow up and, and what are your sort of early art experiences? Good questions. Am I going to go first all the time? Okay. okay. <laughs> Ladies uh, in the trail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Illinois. I'm from the southern tip of Illinois near Kentucky. And so it's kind of more culturally Kentucky than mm-hmm. what people think of as Illinois. Six hours from Chicago. So very not Chicago. And I moved to Cal State Chico, moved to Chico for grad school, then moved back to Illinois, moved up to Minnesota, lived there for eight years, and then moved out here four years ago. So I've done a beep boop bop between Midwest (laughs) and West Coast. Yeah. And then what was the second part of your question? Just early art experiences and art exposure and like kind of the role it was in your formative years. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot when I was really young. My, my mom's best friend was my junior high art teacher. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And I'm still like really good friends with her son. And my uncle was an art education student whenever I was really young. So I was like his guinea pig for (laughs) lesson plans. (laughs) But I didn't know what printmaking was until I went to college. I didn't even know the word printmaking yeah. until I took my first print class. And then I thought I was going to like draw, be a drawer. <laughs> and then took printmaking. And I was like, wait a second, I can like make more than one yeah. when I do mm-hmm. it. So What a dream. Yeah. I saw some opportunity in that. And then just kind of fell in head first into printmaking, but did a lot of like sculpture and glass work while mm-hmm. I was in college too. So mm-hmm. I still do random side things like sculptural and pick up random hobbies with people like Cammie telling me, hey, you want to come with me to this leather supply shop? And I'm like, sure, I'll pick up another hobby. Yeah. So, Very nice. yeah. It's all yeah. kinds of making. Yeah. Snowballs. Yeah. All the making. I'm originally from San Diego, California, and I lived there until moving to Northern California for college. And I went to Sonoma State for undergrad and then bounced to the University of Iowa for grad school and then Portland also four years ago. Mm-hmm to live. <laughs> and my like young exposure to art was like at, there from the beginning. Both of my parents are artists. My dad is a commercial photographer and my mom has kind of done everything. Like when I was born, she had her own graphic design business and then when I was young, she was a children's book illustrator and then 
just a painter. So she's done all kinds of stuff, which has been Mm -hmm. cool to see. And I was first exposed to printmaking when my mom was doing an art fair and her booth was next to one of her friends who would do these like beautiful, like kind of delicate figurative lino cuts that then she would hand watercolor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember being in there being like, what is this? Like, I like this. <laughs> and so then I went out and like bought my first little speedball carving tools and my little Cute. lino block and spent a lot of time just holed up in my childhood bedroom, like carving these little lino blocks and like mm. printing them like on my bedroom door and like on the back of my sketchbook <laughs> and like all over the place and not, not knowing that I was doing printmaking, but totally. Yeah. Also just doing printmaking. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I was going to go to college for sculpture because I have always enjoyed doing sculptural stuff, but then I, was like on a whim visiting Sonoma State and walked into the print shop and met Kurt Kemp, who either is still mm. teaching there or has recently retired. I'm not sure. But I just had this feeling that that's where I was supposed to be. And so I trusted that. And then I took an anxiety nap on one of their fields <laughs> and then woke up. Like, All right, I'm committing. <laughs> and so that was my like first step into like more serious printmaking Mm -hmm. and I learned copper plate etching from Kurt and have basically never looked back since then I've done like all forms of printmaking but copper plate etching is just yeah like my true love so yeah (laughs) yeah I I showed Kurt Kemp at Davidson Galleries when I worked there and so I've actually got to see his work in person and it is some serious etching like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like large scale multiplate col- yeah. like collage elements. Yes. Yeah. That man is not essing around with etching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. He does yeah. wild shit, and it was definitely cool for for me to learn under him and like him to be my first print dad, kind of. And mm-hmm. yeah, I love that dude. He was a good teacher. He was also a hard yeah. ass. But- teacher. <laughs> I mean, I think people often who who have that extremely high standard for themselves, like there's no way to turn that off. I think it just mm-hmm. then just like goes out into the world. You yeah. Know? I think about that a lot with like trying to be a more empathetic, generous person and like learning about like how like I have to be able to extend grace to myself in the same areas I want to for other people. <laughs> Yeah. But like I really yeah it'll be like oh well, like if I hold myself to like a weird perfectionism level I can't make that different for someone else and so okay. yeah I could I could see it's it's as much as I wish I could it's like we have to unfortunately we have to be nice to ourselves I don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true that is so yeah true. and and was was Eileen McDonald at Chico when you were there yeah yeah she oh, okay, actually great. I have a longer history with Eileen where I went to undergrad in Illinois, she was a grad student. Oh, wow. And then, and then she got the job in Chico. And I only applied to colleges on the West Coast because I wanted to get out of the Midwest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I ended up with her again. And she was my mentor. She was very young at the time. Yeah. And I was a baby. So, yeah. And she has 
extra high standards of, mm. of like craft with students too. Yeah. For sure. Which yeah. really like, I mean, I had that a little when I was an undergrad, but then it's like, you're in grad school. It's like, bring it. Yep. Yeah. You can get your like, shit right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Eileen, I've, I've actually asked her to come on the podcast and she's, she said no, because she is, no. oh, she's I a mean. very modest person. Yes. And I think you she know is. this. She's she. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's just if it's if it's her or if it's being Scottish. But she just has this this sense of like, nope. You just do a really good job, and you don't need to tell everyone about it. <laughs> you know, kind of an yeah. attitude. I've known a lot of Scots people. I don't think it's Scottish. I think it's just her. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just it's just Eileen. So you know, maybe yeah. we'll. Maybe we'll get her at some point. Maybe she'll listen to this and I'll tag her in it so she can yeah. hear that she's being publicly shamed. Exactly. She pours so much energy into her teaching. And I mean, she still makes time for her work, but she is every time I hear her talk about all the stuff she's doing, I was like, I would go insane. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I got to go out to it was to jury a show and to work with some of the grad students when I was at Davidson and got to see her little setup at Chico and was just so impressed with how much she's taken on being the steward of that department and making it really good, like truly through like blood, sweat and tears. Yeah, yes. it's it's yeah. really impressive. So come yeah. on the podcast and shout yourself. <laughs> <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> and then so. How did you two meet? When did when did your your friendship love story begin? We, we did the thing that people tell you not to do. You don't meet <laughs> people off the internet. <laughs> we were both moving here at the same time, mm-hmm. essentially, and we both had put it out on Facebook. We're like we're moving to Portland. What are the printmakers there? What are who are um, <laughs> mostly Eric- Homo sapiens? Yeah, mostly, <laughs> mostly. Erica Adams mm-hmm. was the person that connected us on Facebook. And then we bless be- her. Yeah. We became <laughs> Facebook friends and then Instagram friends and then guy Joe's phone numbers. Texting friends in the yeah. real life. Yeah. Make <laughs> sure that neither of us were crazy before we Yeah. Yeah. Not a dangerous person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not a danger to, to herself or others. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then our love blossomed from there. Yes. Yeah. Many and then were you working collaboratively at all before Newsprint Pod? Or is this kind of the first big undertaking? This was our first big undertaking, yeah. I think. We had schemed on doing, on like creating a like critique group for a couple mm-hmm. artists, but then yeah. COVID hit and yeah. it just, that kind of fizzled. So this is our first, yeah, like large collab. Right? Yeah. 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 And we like, brainstormed things and there's things that like if we were to look through our notes be like what were we thinking that was like so grandiose yeah we'll get there maybe someday yeah Yeah. temper your expectations yeah having a podcast as you know can really be like a second full-time job yeah I I have like never felt more seen than when you two said that on a recent episode (laughs) <laughs> I think yeah. it was maybe the one before last or at least before last or something like that. Yeah. When, or when you both were like, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of work. I think I was in the car and it was like audibly saying, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. it is like, and it's, it's really fun and it's really rewarding, but like, it, I mean, 
it's a lot of work. And and I think, I don't know, maybe there's probably a bunch of jobs like this, but it it feels like it's a lot of invisible work Mm -hmm. because it's just, you, you, put this thing out into the world and it could just, I think easily just sort of be seen like, Oh, like they just had a chat with someone. How hard could that be? You know, or like she just had a chat with someone, but it's, 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 it's a lot more than that. But I think in a way it's this weird conundrum where the ideal is for it to look a bit effortless for it to just feel fun Mm -hmm. and light. And that's great. But like everything that goes into making it feel fun and light is yeah. It can be a lot, can be a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. It's fun to do it with someone. I would definitely Mm -hmm. not be doing it this long. And you have, you have some people that work with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got Tim. So you can do everything by yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> Tim, my my husband is, yeah, definitely the silent support. I, we sometimes talk about it, like how it's like, if I'm like the front man, he's like the bass guitar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there, like there'd be no consistency without him. You know, he does, he does editing. And then also he's a practicing printmaker, which I'm not. And so he contributes a ton of insight in that way in terms of just like, what should the product be and who would be interesting to talk to. And most of my experience in printmaking has been curating and writing and researching. I wrote my thesis and and in printmaking, all of that in art history, not art making. And so it's really helpful to have a maker's voice and a maker's creative input on what Mm -hmm. this actual finished product looks like. But yeah, and then Renato Gilzambrano does the Spanish episodes. So we do one English for one English episode, one Spanish episode every week, which is super fun because that just expands the audience exponentially for who the podcast reaches and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, definitely not doing it alone either. And it's just, it's helpful even just to have someone you can look at and be like, this is really hard, right? This is hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which can be really good. So, so did you, was it always a podcast from day one? Did you know, or did you kind of bat around other ideas? It was a podcast, yeah, from day one. Like Newsy yeah, from day one. Newsy from day one because I kind of brainstormed the idea when I was bored at my old job. And I had subscribed to the Google alert about printmaking. So once a week I would get like print news sent to me. And I was like, this is kind of a crazy way to like be receiving – print news I like it can be better than that I can figure something out I've got that Google alert too and you get some wacky shit that's like not print related in any way you get like random people's obituaries like it's just (laughs) yeah it's 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 not a good way to get the print news this is correct Yeah. yeah It's funny though, like one time I was like thumbing through it and Edie came up and I was like, oh, not Edie, no. <laughs> <laughs> the news. But yeah, so I was like zoning off, daydreaming at my old job. And then I was like, what would I call something like that? And I was like, duh, dude, newsprint. Hello. <laughs> Nothing is sillier than that. So then I reached out to Edie and was like, do you want to do this? Should we do this together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, just kind of went from there. Like Edie luckily is a website wizard and whipped that website together. And I was like, yeah, all right. (laughs) Also, Edie's such a go-getter because she's kind of the engine behind Newsprint Pod, I think. Oh, come on. No, I really, Edie, yeah, 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 yes, I think so. No, I don't think so. Okay, well, together, (laughs) together we're an engine. 
<laughs> two pistons. Two pistons. Yeah. Two pistons over here. But yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. And we just got together and did some brainstorming. And then kind of just. It's really fun went to from do there. the brainstorming. It's like, we're like, okay thematically episodes things about this 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 mm-hmm. didn't even think about people to interview it was more like content mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. like the last one we did was non-toxic but it was like in our top five sure yeah episodes there was a lot of stuff in that one. there was a lot of shit we didn't know yeah. we're like how do we host this what do we do it on how do yeah. we get it on apple pod like we didn't know yeah anything. Shit. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah were you so big was- podcast listeners in your yeah, private yeah. lives? Okay. Yes, I love a pod. Like, that's how I start every day is I, like, get up and I'm, like, bumping around in my house half awake. Mm-hmm. And then I put in headphones and start listening to a pod. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, how I get and going. I do like what you called – I listen to a lot of the buddy pods where – Yeah. And if they are informational, it's, like, one person does the research and then presents it to the other person to get the so cold good. read. Yeah, yeah, so I like true. I like that kind of like yeah bantery, tangential, tangential. See, there's a lot of times mm-hmm. I don't say words right, so <laughs> it's but um, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, we kind of thought about that kind of format, and we were looking at like what you do and what all the other printmaking podcasts do, and then trying to find like what else can we contribute? Yeah, yeah. how do we put another puzzle piece in this puzzle? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so can you speak to just the format of the show? So if anyone listening hasn't heard before and they're trying to get an, an idea of of what it looks like, because you, you do have this, sometimes you've got a guest and then sometimes you've got just a, a subject and like you said, like non-toxic. And then you also chat a bit at the beginning where you catch each other up on each other's lives, which mm-hmm. is very cute. And then talk about what's the print news and so and also like how do you get the print news to give to the people yeah good questions all around I think when we were figuring out how to format it we loosely wanted it to be kind of like little news segments so mm-hmm. our first one is always called catching up with us that's like mm-hmm. what our Google Doc title is and then it's print news and we, there's just like some different spots you can find print news. Like I always find very solid things at the end of the Frogman's newsletter that goes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh. Cafe. Cafe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy doesn't read the emails, so I do. I delete them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really blanking on this right now. Instagram. Oh my God. Yeah. Instagram for Instagram, sure. Instagram, printmakers. Huge. Yeah. Printmakers will be like, look at this cool thing and all of you should do it. And yeah. That's super rad. Instagram's mm-hmm. a huge one. Sometimes Facebook, like printmaker, professor networks or groups like mm-hmm. that, people will make, put out the calls that are like at their local school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really helpful. But I feel like Instagram is like, just save the posts and then mm-hmm. try to find the links oh, and put it on uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of like compiling stuff from different places and putting it in one place that's hopefully helpful to people. Yeah. And we kind of thought about a concept of the, with it being news based, like people needed to go to a place to like see where to find the information, not us just Mm -hmm. talking about it and then them have to Google it. So the website became kind of a landing page for a lot of that information. And we were both like really big fans of printeresting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. Thinking about like how that site 
functioned. P. And then, yes. and then <laughs> I miss the articles. The articles were so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something we were thinking about. Ooh, we can like pay our friends to go to openings and uh-huh. write a review and blah, blah, like all these things that we Lofty. hope to still do. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love yeah. to hear. I'm always really curious about like the, the life cycle of a project being someone who takes on too many projects and have it be what you spoke a little bit to some of the the goals, like you said, like actually having like reporters out in the world, essentially. Mm -hmm. What were some of the ideas that this is what we can do at the beginning? And then of course, reality sets in as it always does when Mm -hmm. you realize your human limitations and your time limitations and your money limitations. So what are some of those goals you had at the beginning? And then ones that have stayed on floating around your brain that you still are hoping to get to from those early Mm -hmm. ambitions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely being able to pay our friends to be mm-hmm. reporters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we would still like to do that, but we have truly sunk about like $200 into this <laughs> podcast total because we both work in academia yeah. and oh, yeah. pay academics more. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. We're like balling on a budget with this podcast. And we were thinking about becoming what is like a three, what is it? Nonprofit. 501c3? Yeah, 501c3. And, you know, like had meetings about that and stuff. And also trying to do everything during a pandemic is also like another layer of crazy shit. Were you in the middle of the pandemic when you took this on? What year was this when it actually launched? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we just hit a year, like two episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know if we had like been vaxxed yet. So we were kind of just like... (laughs) You're careful? I'm careful. Okay. Whose air have you been breathing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot to be mm-hmm. like I'm under a fair amount of psychological stress, and I would like more psychological stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you were saying like reporters. Yeah. Is there anything else? I think there was one thing that we never even got to the point of flushing it out, but like having a database of like – people that are art writers or people Mm. that like writing about art and doing reviews and then being able to connect someone Mm. in Mm -hmm. like, if someone's having a show, being able to connect them with those people that are close enough to do a review for them, which that would be be great, but it's a big endeavor Mm -hmm. uh, logistics wise. Yeah. It's like one of us would need to get part-time pay (laughs) to do that. Yeah. Uh, But I love that idea still Mm -hmm. get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely still like cooking. Yeah. Figuring Mm -hmm. things out. We're a baby. Yeah. We have little babies. (laughs) Um, But we were hoping, I think, to do two a month and then realized that that was unrealistic just with our schedules and recording Mm -hmm. together. That database with art writers would be, Amazing because as I think many people know, not definitely breaking the ground by saying this, art writing has just been so devastated with the internet because it just, the publishing industry has been just completely gutted and turned upside down. And so Mm -hmm. there's this model too in which people, it's changing a bit for sure, but of people just giving away their writing. Like they're no longer Mm -hmm. being any model for being compensated for it. And so that just made everything fall apart a bit, I think. And and people yeah. are 
finding ways back. I think like Substack has been doing really good work and getting artists compensated for the ideas that they're putting out into the world. But as an art historian, I, I think I feel this. There used to be such a robust other side of the art world going on, which was that classic, the art critic who could make someone's career by giving them a positive review. That doesn't seem to really exist anymore. I know in New York, there's, I'm sure, still some structure for it. But outside of that, it's really difficult to see. And that conversation, I think, that happens publicly between makers and receivers is really hamstringed without having a platform for art writing that's sustainable at all, it seems like. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I've only had one experience with, I had a fellowship where they had someone come in and like write for about our work for the catalog. And it was awesome experience because then it's like you said before we were recording that like sometimes when you're talking to someone in the moment, you say something that you didn't know you knew. Yeah. And it just kind of comes out. So in that conversation, it's really helpful. And then someone else distilling your work in their language is often really helpful. Mm-hmm. Like It's so yeah. funny to hear you talk about it the way you actually, it sounds like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like you say something that you knew was true, but you didn't know it till you said it. And then someone reflects it back to you. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's, yeah, it sounds like, Art therapy, like, but not that kind of art therapy, like therapy yeah. for your art. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It would be so I useful. Do, I do. I used to love reading reviews of other shows too, but I hated reading the scathing ones just because it just <laughs> yeah. made me anxious. Well, there's no point in, you don't need to be mean. No. <laughs> no. Constructive. Yeah. Constructive. Yeah. The, the few, there was a few shall not be named art <laughs> critics that I've run into in my time in the gallery world in different cities that were just these sort of rattling old dinosaurs of angry men <laughs> whose careers are slipping <laughs> oh, out from underneath oh, them. No. And they just, they were just so miserable and they would write miserable stuff about someone's show. And it's, it just seemed so out of place and not about the work sometimes. And I think part of that comes from, again, that it's just, it's, it's just this, there's just not space for writers to be compensated in like a huge meaningful way. And so, yeah, yeah. anyway, that'd be super cool. Yeah. Just with some extra time, just do some more free labor. And yeah. Yeah. Nothing like that free labor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just, as women, we just we can't get enough of it, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Say less, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about the, the future of the pod, we talked about some of the, the early goals that you'd still like to see. But in the more immediate future, who are some of your dream guests, people you'd really just love to chat with or subjects that you'd like to take on that you haven't had a chance to yet? Man, that's a good question. Yeah, we we are kind of in a moment where we went through a lot of our wish list from when we started because mm. just a year ago. And I feel like we had a few people that were like, oh, for this topic, it would be nice to talk to this person for like mm-hmm. a short period of time. But we haven't started our new wish list. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's 
like me just spitballing. We're just going to live brainstorm. Um, uh, I would love to talk about academic structures and Ah. their tendency to not provide a safe work environment. Mm. Not necessarily physically safe, but like mental health safe (laughs) and Uh creating some sort of boundaries or helping. Like I am not professional at this, but I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I am dropping that thing that I was doing because Mm -hmm. I'm realizing that I am not doing well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So something, something around around those lines, that's probably going to be therapy for me to record. (laughs) I would love to tackle that too, because it's interesting working at PNCA and one of my buddies is a adjunct professor there and has been adjuncting there for 10 years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, we talk about it and it's like, he, he doesn't even get healthcare and he's been no. there for a decade. That's dumb as shit. And I have an issue with it. <laughs> yeah. And the lack of stability semester mm-hmm. to semester. That's yeah. yeah, I've been here for 10 years, but am I going to be here for 10 years in one semester? I don't know. No commitment yeah. to me. It's, no. it's really messed up. Yeah. Super gross. Yeah. On a different note, I would love to talk to the high priestess witch of printmaking Catherine Paul well, herself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm so, every time I even think about her, I just fangirl. I love her so much. She changed my life when she came to the University of Iowa and hung out for a week and had a studio visit with me and she and I traded prints and I will simply mm. never get it. Mm-hmm. So I would love to talk to her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's so great. She's so great. I think another person, I just want to talk to her, <laughs> Leslie Duguid. I know you, introdu- oh, yeah. you interviewed her, but she, yeah. was, she was involved in a webinar that MAPC put on recently that I went to. Mm-hmm. And energy is just so fun. She yeah. looks so fun. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And her project in that super small, like she runs her print shop out of a super small space in New York. It's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. I was like, speaking of people who make it look effortless, I feel yeah. like Leslie makes it look effortless and extremely stylish. Like at the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. I think we like, one of my wish lists that we did last season was talking to Kate Bingham Burt, um, mm-hmm. who runs Outlet in Portland. She's so cool. And sometimes I just like marvel at the energy she has because she's just doing everything all at once and raising like a cool looking child. And it just blows me away. So yeah, that was like a dream interview. That was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's pretty and good. And this is obviously mm-hmm. a dream too. This yeah. Is <laughs> oh, good. So yeah, I, I feel such a, a kindred spirit when I get to talk to other people podcasters with the joy and the pain that they know and just (laughs) putting it out in the world it's actually like one of the questions I had for you too was about basically it's like why do we do this (laughs) help me figure it out (laughs) I wish everyone could see your posture just like head back why why I feel like my knee-jerk reaction to that is because printmakers are inherently community-based and cultivating podcasts 
for each other is another form of like love and support for the community. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's probably why we like are just down to put in the effort for each other yeah. because we love each other. Yeah. 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 That's a very good explanation. I don't think I can top that. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I think this, that's really, that's, that's a very good answer. And, and, and one that feels right to me too, because it's, as you say, like it's, it's a lot of work, but anytime I hear any stories about printmakers getting connected because of an episode I did, it gives me, it fills my cup to make yeah. me like a hundred more episodes. Like when someone's, oh, yeah. like I heard Marco Sanchez on that episode and I invited him to come to this residency and then he met this person and now they're doing a collaborative project together. Any of those kinds of stories is just, it's just, that's it. That's, that's yeah. peak yeah fulfillment to me is is the is the idea of something else being birthed into the world because of my project that I took on because I was moving to Australia and I was terrified of not talking to printmakers ever again basically (laughs) (laughs) is how this got started yeah yeah it's really nice it's really Mm -hmm. nice yeah Yeah. what are some of your favorite non-printmaking podcasts as as podcasters but for when people listen to this and they listen to you all and they're just they still have 30 more in the edition to go and they're on their (laughs) little airpods right now what could people go look up okay well i can rattle off a bunch go for it i well edie and i both really love drag queens which we've talked about probably on every episode of (laughs) newsprint i know we both listen to the bald and the beautiful which is trixie and katya's podcast they're not like 100 percent consistent about when they put out episodes but Mm -hmm. they're always super funny I also really love Sibling Rivalry, which Monet Exchange and Bob the Drag Queen do together. They are very consistent and they have kind of little like offshoot projects they do together that they put out. Some people are not a huge fan of that because it's like they kind of like play fight with each other a lot. And mm-hmm. some people are like, oh, it's too confrontational. <laughs> but it's really just like based in love and super funny. Yeah. Uh, I also recently found Crime Junkie which I love. I do like the true crime pods. So Crime Junkie is a good one. My Favorite Murder, a classic. What mm-hmm. about you? Those are my top four probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started listening to Maintenance Phase, which oh, is, do you listen I to love, it? Love it. I love it. And when you were talking about the someone explaining to someone else cold, yeah. like a, a topic or something that happened, I was like, oh, Maintenance Phase does that yeah. so well. But yeah. And then uh, You're Wrong About is also the, a similar mm-hmm. kind of format. And then, like, informational ones, like, what's it called? Every Little Thing. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Which is, is short. It's like people call in with questions. And at first I was like, just Google it. <laughs> but they, like, they dive into it in such an interesting way. And the way they present the information, they call the person back and have a conversation with an expert. Oh, that's fun. And it's just, like, I mean, I loved Radio Lab a lot. So that oh, yeah. entertain entertaining kind of way of presenting facts and ologies is like that too for me ologies yeah yeah entertaining funny goofy but giving me chunks of information to chew on i also really love normal gossip which is a relatively newer podcast but it's like people write in with their like average daily like drama that's just not 
that it's not like world ending, but it's like very funny. And the host reads the like write up of the drama that's happening in someone's life to someone else. And they react and talk about it. And they also kind of break down what it means to gossip and like how that's Mm. like a protective part of our culture. So they get into gossip theory, which is kind of fun and interesting. I like the sound of that. Yeah. It's, it's a really good podcast. I've like, very much loved mm-hmm. that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Why won't you date me is one of my top ones too. <laughs> Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer. Yeah. She's really oh, love her. Yeah. Love her so much. <laughs> yeah. It's funny yeah. how you yeah, you favorites? really Huh? Do you have favorites as well? I do. I do. I mean, so yeah, so maintenance phase and you're wrong about are probably ones that I could like that are in my like even like re-listen to camp yeah. well I'll, I'll go back and i'll be like i didn't actually feel like i got everything out of it that i could yeah. maybe because i was laughing over some of the information <laughs> that could be part of it i really love all three seasons of last day which is it's it's very heavy the first one is about opioid overdoses the second season is about death by suicide and the third season is about guns in the u.s but they're just so incredibly empathetically researched. And it's really like with guns, like she goes and talks to people on both sides of the issue. And it's just a really interesting way of, of exploring like really complex, like contemporary big issues in the United States, you know? So again, it's, 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 it's entertaining, even though it sounds very dark, the, the woman who runs it, her brother died of an opioid overdose and he was a comedy writer on like huge shows like the big bang theory and community. And so she's very funny as well and just comes from a very funny family. And so it's just something about like they're processing everything. And so I'll, I'll re-listen to that one for sure. I love noble blood, which is a podcast that is all about messy historical noble drama so about (laughs) vietnamese princesses who lead an army that like pushes out the invading chinese colonizers to cousins having affairs and castles and frankfurt and anyway it's really good again super well researched (laughs) and then i also love you must remember this which is it's a woman who's a, a professor and somewhere in the university of california system but it's all early Hollywood drama that's like really sloppy and really good and really interesting and like really seen through contemporary lenses of critical race theory and feminism and all of that. So she reframes it and really puts what was going on in contemporary settings. If I, if I had unlimited time and resources, I would love to do more kind of reporting almost investigating type or almost this american lifestyle storytelling version Mm -hmm. of a podcast to just go and tell a story about printmaking i think would be incredible just find a studio and just tell the story of the studio coming to be and how it happened you know produce it and put the music under it and let you know do all of that because i love a lot of the podcasts and reels i just i just listed arc that where they're just i'm going to tell you a story and it's just it's so cozy and it's just really well put together and you get taken on this journey and that would be super big dream if i had unlimited time and resources for hello yeah. friend friend yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a rad segment i could definitely see you doing that yeah we'll see I was just having like a, a little 
spark. You can edit this out if it's stupid because I'm just <laughs> word salading an idea of like going to a city and looking at the history of printmaking in that city. Oh, that yeah. Like That'd be so cool. Like older, it's mostly Midwest. Of course. But like how it was used in industry and how mm-hmm. it was used Maybe both or in, in the fine arts world. That'd be sick as hell. I feel like the three Do of it. us. Yeah. I, well, I feel like okay. the three of us are making yeah. a podcast right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're all going to get in a print bus and go on a tour one summer. Yes. And we're gonna, the three of us are recording this podcast. That together. sounds really fun. I want to do this. Yeah. I'm lying. Yeah. I kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of a joke where I'm like, like I'm, I'm Ira Glass. Like very, very gross. But then I couldn't think of like like a like a third like super famous NPR producer. But let's see, Jonathan Goldstein. There we go. You know, that will be, yeah. <laughs> I love this. I like her. Serious enough to be any of those people? Because like, oh my god, I'm so goofy. I could not be an Ira. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> this could be really good. Get some get some grant funding together and yeah. make print some, girls on the road. Yeah, print girl party. Let's mm-hmm. get. I can see it happening. Yeah, this is cute. <laughs> we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to talk more off air. Hmm, make a note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, as podcasters who are also makers, do you find how do those two sides of? Because I, I do consider podcasting a, a creative practice in its own way. I mean, it, it, it is making something, it's researching, it's performance. I mean, it's, it, it is a, a creative output. How did those aspects of your own individual practices influence each other, if if at all? Hmm. Well, for me, at least, like I edit the episodes. So that was an exercise of like teaching myself mm-hmm. how to do that. And it's a continual exercise of like teaching myself how to do that because I didn't really reach out to any friends who also podcast before diving in and ask like, hey, how do you do this? I just kind of like went for it. Since then, I've gotten some advice, which has been helpful. But yeah, it's I really think when you go to art school, the main thing that you come away with, or at least what it was for me, was that I know that I can teach myself to do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And that's been like the most helpful thing I think I've ever learned in my entire life. (laughs) So podcasting fell under that. It was like, this is just another aspect of my creative practice where I'm teaching myself how to do something and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to commit to it and go for it and see where it goes and also commit to like growing with it. Mm -hmm. That's important. Yeah. 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 What about you, Edie? I think I think about, my students a lot whenever we're coming up with ideas or mm. or your students or other people's students mm-hmm. like how much are they getting out of this like what are they looking for thinking back to when I was 19 mm-hmm. 20 if podcasts existed then right God, why did I say that I'm just kidding yeah no I know <laughs> yeah. it's okay yeah I think it they all kind of mingle together it's like I see an opportunity and I'm like oh I would like to do that oh I would also like to tell other people about that yeah and like Mm. kind of feeding that because I've always felt super strongly about giving back to that like however much I can so like whether it could be like some member at large for SGC's board or like doing donating something for MAPC or whatever 
trying to like find ways to give back. And sometimes those opportunities don't fit into your lifestyle or schedule or whatever. So this is a way that we can do that also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that makes me feel more supported in doing my own work in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, I've done my part to like keep this engine going and keep giving back to my people. And then yeah. I feel like comforted in that to like go do my own work by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so what is on the horizon for Newsprint Pod? Maybe anything that's coming up that you want to shout out or you want people to look for or you want just, I don't know. We're going to be at MAPC. We that's don't have like awesome. to but, but yeah, we're scheming on little merch things to give out to people. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. cute. I mean, yeah, truly like MAPC is around the corner, which is wild. And I am so excited to see people. Are you, gonna Are you going? No. no I know. I've got a, the, the gallery that I work for is opening a second space that's mm. launching that weekend. And it's just, there's some things I can get out of and some things I can't. Oh, so, yeah. But I'll be, I'll be, you know, greedily watching everyone's Instagram stories oh. from afar. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've been talking about going to the Rumpa in Spokane because oh, yeah. we can drive there. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I really, now I want to really propose that idea about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what is the wrestling idea? idea? I came up with it while we were recording. It's like, maybe that's how I need to get my ideas out is while being recorded. It's like, I thought about it more when we were camping and hiking and I was like, just talking. I get, I talk a lot when I'm hiking and it's some sort of wrestling event where people can represent their favorite printmaking process. And then you can either thumb wrestle, arm wrestle, or actually wrestle depending on your level of comfort. And you have Mm -hmm. to dress up. Like but I had an idea with that because okay. I was like, people are not going to bring costumes, so I can make capes. Oh, cute. and then you can have these big foam like brayers or foam <gasps> squeegees, and you can hit each other with them. I love that. And idea. I don't know. I just thought of it because for Spokane, like I have a truck, I can put all the stuff Amazing. in the car. Amazing. I don't know if they. I haven't even seen a call for anything at that, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you're so two thoughts. You're gonna be the ghost print. Run around. It didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost print. So good. Because they don't forget about me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just go in the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is. We need to like fully flush this out. Let's have a meeting. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's so I was saying like I've I've got two thoughts. The first one is I love it. I, I love that. And second. If you're serious, you need to reach out to Allie Norman because she has done backyard wrestling. So, I mean, she's she has paved a, a pathway for wrestling as performance art. How have I not heard of this at all? She could definitely, I think, offer some insights. Yeah. And then, yeah, and I'm just thinking about it. So I, as a high schooler, was very into jujitsu. I was went to a jujitsu 
dojo six times a week. And the, the, the only thing that I've really taken away from it is that I'm really good at wrestling now. When you play wrestle with bed partners, as, at least I do, it just it comes <laughs> up. And then I was always like, why are you so strong? That's so funny. And so you said wrestling. I was like, I was like, oh, I'd be, I would be all over that. I would just be like the competitive nature in me and like knowing that this is something that I'm kind of good at. I was like, I'm going to pin a motherfucker. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That was not added, people. That was not an added audio. That was her actual knuckles. Today we learned that Miranda's tough as hell. Yeah. (laughs) Like, surprise. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's really good. And so when when is Rumpa? It's in April also, but I think it's the beginning of April. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Okay. You can easily do that. And the Print Santa Fe print fair, which we're calling Fistful of Prints for the, the Southwest theme. And so, yeah, you can easily, you can do both. You can wrestle and then yeah. you can come. Maybe you'll still have a black eye <laughs> to, to, man, to man your table. So very cool. Well, you two, this has been just completely delightful. I am really excited that we got to connect and I'm really excited about the idea of of maybe doing some more in-depth podcast print related stuff together because it's as we were talking about off air, there's like this (laughs) ecosystem of like print pods now, which is great. And Mm -hmm. so we've got like history, we've got sort of history, curatorial, the buddy pod, we've got just like straight, straight up interviews, which is what I do. But there's not that corner yet of that in-depth researched, Mm -hmm. produced, this American lifestyle, this, this print life, (laughs) which is the title sort of thing. So let's, let's definitely keep talking about it. Yeah. I, that would be so fun. Like the research base, the storytelling, the traveling to get into that. You guys, I want to do this. this. I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, (laughs) it's, so I just wrote an article. Do you guys know Pressing Matters magazine? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course. It's the trade magazine, our corner of the art world. So I just wrote an article for them that's uh, profiling a, Thai printmaker who runs a studio in Chiang Mai, Kitty Kang Tilakwatanotai, but it also turned into a bit of like the history of printmaking in Thailand, which has like its own kind of unique history in that it didn't have a traditional base. It came in through commercial lithography. There wasn't oh. something before that. And so by the time it's the 1990s, like printmaking's only been around for 70 years and it's only been like almost strictly in academic institutions at the time Kitty Kong comes in. Anyway, it's it when I was writing it, I remember thinking how fun it would be able to do something like that in a podcast form, like that kind of narrative arc. And it was very broad. I only get like 1300 words, but doing that, so doing that for a whole country, of course, is very limited, but doing something as you were speaking to like for a city, like that's doable. Mm -hmm. Just saying, okay, at what point did commercial printmaking come in? And at what point did the fine art print shop and who was publishing when that's, it's important stuff. That's important mm-hmm. histories for sure. So yeah, yeah, and we should record that so so yeah. everybody has that resource. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you again both very, very much. And yeah, I'll I'll definitely look forward to more projects, hopefully on the future. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah. I forgot to ask you, please tell people where they can find you. I got all excited about the projects. Yeah, definitely. Please shout out the resources that you're putting out into the world because they are very important. Yeah. Cool. Newsprintpod.com is our website. Our Instagram is newsprintpod. Yeah. And my website is just my name, Edie Overturf. Mm-hmm. And here's this. CameronYorkArt.com. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? Oh, E Overturf. Yeah. And mine is all lowercase, all one word, Cammy York. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's where you can find us. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. I will, I'll put links to all that in the show notes, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Okay, sounds awesome. good. Thank you. Thank you. If you like today's episode, we have a Patreon where you can help us keep the lights on and get bonus content like Shop Talk Shorts, where our editor, Timothy Pauschak, digs deep on materials, processes, and techniques with past guests. Also, if monetary support isn't in the cards right now, you can leave a review for us on your podcast listening app of choice, or buy something from one of our sponsors and tell them Hello Print Friend sent you. But as always, the very best thing you can do to support this podcast is by listening and sharing with your fellow print friends around the world. And that's our show for this week. Join me again next week when my guest will be John Coe, founder of Pressing Matters magazine, the leading publication of the contemporary printmaking world. We talk about the hows and the whys of founding the magazine, how he selects features for the magazine, and how his physical publication survives and thrives in this digital world. You won't want to miss it. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf, with editing by Timothy Pauschak and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week. 